doing a series on some things that God has commanded us to do or God commanded people to do in Scripture that uh, we aren't necessarily um, excited about doing or that those people weren't exactly excited about doing. And today's uh, Because You Say So is uh, probably going to be the easiest for us. Um, it's uh, Because You Say So, I Will Eat. Uh, we're good at that, but we're not good at it the way... We're not necessarily good at what God was trying to get across to Peter uh, in Acts chapter 10. We'll get there in a second if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. I grew up in a church, not not in a bunch of different churches, like where my parents moved around and we went to several different churches. I grew up in a single church. So not only did I grow up going to church, but I grew up going to church and doing church in a certain, a very particular um, set way. Uh, Not just like the church style looked different. I remember the first time I went to a church that did Bible class after worship. I remember just the panic I felt. It's different. I remember the first time that in our particular church, they decided to end um, worship with a song instead of a prayer. And not just the, uh, the, uh, the how off that was for me, but how mad people got about it. Which is, looking back on it, and this is just, I'll, I'll be nice, complete lunacy. It's absolutely crazy. Can you imagine the way we get so caught up about um, church and the way church is structured? And oh, wait, 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 wait. We sang during, like there's certain churches that sing during communion, which is fine. You know, that's that's okay. But people will hear that and wait a second, and they froth. There's frothing. But can you imagine, can you imagine walking up and getting in a time machine, go get in your time machine and go back to the first century and, and stand in the crowd where, where Jesus is, you know, luckily for you in English, talking to a crowd. <laughs> He's speaking to this crowd and, and one, of the, one of the teachers of the law comes up and says, Jesus... What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, the greatest commandment, the most important thing is to love God with everything you have. And then the second is like it. The second is so much like it that you didn't even ask about a second commandment. But I'm going to give you one because I can't give you the first one without giving you the second one. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can you imagine at that point during his teaching, raising your hand and saying, but Jesus... What if, what if they want to lead a prayer, sing a song at the end of worship instead of a prayer? The stuff we get upset with, I don't think we're willing to bring to the throne of God actually. If the thing that we love, but here's the problem, we love the way we do things so much that we often make the way we do things holy without God having made it holy. Does that make sense? We sanctify our, our patterns. We sanctify our routines. And, 
Peter, Peter's right there with you. Peter was standing on a rooftop by the sea. And God comes to him with an odd request. Verse, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were, were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, like you do. I call this hangry, but this is a trance. He was very hungry, fell into a trance. I'm having trouble going back here. There, verse 11. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. That's always interesting. Get hungry, kind of go a little hazy, and you look up and heaven, the heavens open up and something like a white sheet. Not, mind you, not a white sheet. Just something like it. A, something like a white sheet coming down from the heavens. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, if you aren't Peter, this is not a problem. We're, we're kind of adventurous people. Have you ever tried crocodile? It tastes like bad chicken. Very tough. But we, we, we eat odd things. We live so close to Louisiana. There are people in Louisiana eating things right now that you can't even imagine. They have this thing called boudin, which is delicious and horrific. It's very good. But don't ask them what's, what it's made of. Don't ask them. We, we eat anything. We eat things we don't even, we don't even know what they are. Hot dogs. We don't even know what that is. Now there's a documentary you can watch. Don't watch it. Don't do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Um, but the, so, so we, we, just, we just eat. That's what we do. We eat. But Peter wasn't that sort of person. Peter came from, a, uh, his nationality was Jewish. He was from the people of Israel. And the people of Israel, at least the good ones, lived by a certain code. And part of that code was how you, or what you ate. God told the people of Israel that what you put in your body matters to your body. Probably true, since it came from God. But he brings this, this, um, this sheet down from heaven and we see this, we see all these animals. Some, and, and they had certain foods that they would eat. And, and those foods, certain foods were called clean. So you could, you could eat um, steak. You could eat, we say steak, but a cow. You could eat a cow. You couldn't eat pork. But yes. For the record, Kevin, a hog farmer, was booing not eating pork. Not pork itself. But the, you couldn't eat pork, you couldn't eat 
And they hadn't, as a culture, eaten those things for centuries. So it had gotten to the point where it wasn't just that they weren't eating pork because it was holy. It's just they wouldn't eat pork because that's gross. If your grandparents and their grandparents and their grandparents and their grandparents had stayed away from pork, that means you stay away from pork out of religious duty, but also because no one eats pork. Gross people eat pork. You know there's meat on a cat? Right, I know, see? That's how Peter felt about pork. God, there we go. That, that we, we would say, no, we would never, no. Little Fido, never. Because our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents didn't eat dogs. We don't eat dogs, and we find it disgusting. Well, most of us. You know who I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> the, so, there, we, we, they have a certain routine and rituals that they need to uphold. And they upheld them because they, they thought they were holy. And he drops this sheet down and the, there's all sorts of animals and reptiles. They're both clean and unclean. Now the problem is, even the clean animals, because they are in a, a folded up sheet that, and now they are making contact with the unclean animals, there's not a single clean animal in the bunch. I wouldn't, Peter's saying, I wouldn't need, Peter wouldn't ever eat any of this. Even if the Lord told him to because what happens is these 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 animals show up and god says get up peter kill and eat and peter says surely not lord absolutely not lord this is there's no way not gonna happen i'm not gonna do what you say lord i have never eaten anything impure or unclean god i have a reputation to uphold He says, I am not going to do the thing you're asking me to do because I've never done the thing you're asking me to do. And that's oftentimes what gets us in the most trouble when we're, when we're following God is because there are places Jesus is going to go that makes us uncomfortable because we've never been there. And we are, we are afraid to wander into those unclean places because we've never gone to those unclean places. We've never done anything like that. You know, we, are, we get upset, not we, not you, but Christians can get upset over the most minute details. Do you ever learn this one in, in um, Sunday school? This is the church. This is the steeple, right? Open the doors. And ah, the carpet color's different. Ah, you know, they're angry. Is that not how you learned it? That's how I learned it. That's the church sometimes. Is this like these people who are just, they just want their way. Do it the, do the, do it the Lord's way. Sing the songs the Lord likes. Are, all, are those all the songs that you like? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, well, isn't that a coincidence? That the way God wants it to happen is the way you've always wanted it to happen. 
if that is true, guess who's wrong? If you're you're following Jesus, Jesus will lead you into places that make you uncomfortable. Jesus will ask you to to do things that that doesn't feel like that's... Well, I've never really done that. Okay, well, um, you, you need to start. It's like you go to a new job, and you have this, this new job, and this new job requires certain things, and you, you've, you've, you've learned some of these things in previous jobs, but there, there's some things you're going to have to do that you didn't know, that you don't know how to do. And the, the, your supervisor comes up and says, well, you need to start doing this. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that. I've never done that before. Well, it doesn't make it the right response. It actually makes it a pretty dumb response. But that's how we operate as Christians sometimes. Because we say, well, I'm not going to go there. But look at what God says to to Peter here. Peter says, "I've I've never touched anything impure or unclean. Now, hold up. Stop. Pause the tape. As all of this is happening, there's a few people walking up to Peter's house. Got, um, well, they're they are representatives of a Gentile man. And it's really hard for you to understand how Jews felt about Gentiles. And this is going to sound harsh, but it's just true. They felt about hanging out with Gentiles the way you feel about eating a cat. It was just distasteful. You don't don't do that. And this Gentile um, servants, who are also Gentiles, are walking up to this house. So Gentiles, I say Gentiles like everyone knows what I'm talking about. Gentiles is just everyone who's not a Jew. Romans, Greeks, barbarians, um, the the um, every, everybody, everybody, Egyptians, everybody. They're all. The nations, the Gentiles, the other people. And those other people are walking up saying, and they're about to ask, can we be a part of this Jesus movement too? Before they do, Peter's looking at some unclean animals and he's saying, I'm never going to eat that stuff. I've never touched it before. Surely not. The voice spoke to him a second time saying, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. God's not acknowledging that the stuff has always been clean. But he's saying once God starts affecting the world, once God starts sanctifying our the world around us and once he starts making people pure, we are going to have to get on board with that. Because once God calls it clean, if we continue to call it unclean, we are in some serious trouble because we are not on the same side of the line as God himself. This is a big deal. That, um, a, a big shift in Peter's thinking, the big shift in Peter's 
um, understanding of how the world works, his worldview. It's a big shift in his theology of how he understands God to work. And Peter is going to learn some things in the next few days that is going to change his life. And he's never really going to be all that good at it. Later he's going to show up in a, um, in a meeting in um, the Galatian provinces after Paul has been... Um, after Paul has been preaching to the Gentiles for a long time, and it's gonna, and he's gonna say, uh, he, he's gonna be eating with the Gentiles until the Jewish people show up, and then he's gonna quit eating with the Gentiles and he's gonna show up with the Jews. It's always gonna be in him, and he's something he's always gonna wrestle. But your religion doesn't matter as much as the relationships with the people you have matters. And sometimes we say that like it's like well it's super easy to say my my religion isn't as important as the relationships I have the relationship I have with God the relationship I have with God through Jesus the relationship I have with others in the name of Jesus those relationships matter more than any order of service and one of the things we get in our head is we'll say religion, 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 and it makes our order of service pretty holy. But let's stop saying religion for a second and just say routine. Because that's what we're talking about. It's not just that we, we, are, we, we have sanctified our religion. It's we've sanctified our order, our routine. This is the thing I'm used to. Don't take the thing I'm used to away because the thing I'm used to makes me feel good. Makes me feel at home. Makes me feel comfortable. Makes me feel safe. If we can just continue to do the things over and over. What's funny is I hear, and we, we create this battle. Of, there's other people who will say, you know what, I don't like religion all that much. Yes, you do. You just like your own. Because what you're talking about religion, you're talking about a, a sanctified routine. And if, you're saying, if you have sanctified your routine of not going to church because those people at church are all hypocrites, then that's your religion. You've made your routine holy. And I'm not saying that practice is worse than our practice. It's just all bad practice. We are called to be in relationship with each other. Broken, hard, difficult relationships. And as we are in those relationships and we, we find the love of God in that place, that's, that's church. That's not, the church isn't, we come here and we have these three songs and then the lights dim and we're no communion is about to come and then we have, we have the offering and the kids run up and one of them almost dies every time. It's very violent up here at the bucket. And it, it, we, that, like, that little routine is not church. It's what the church does. People say, I don't go to church because it's a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go to Starbucks then either. There's a lot of people writing books at Starbucks. <laughs> so, I don't know, that was funnier to me than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to have to take a moment. But there, there is this, this sense of... And look what... He, this happened three times. Actually, I don't have it on the screen. But it says after this happened three more or two more times. This happened three times. The sheet came down. And he said, eat. No. Don't, don't say that this is unclean when I've made it clean. 
Now, and here's the twist in this story. We don't, we, op, we read this story and we think, you know what, I, kinda, I, I feel I, I'm in Peter's shoes. You are not in Peter's shoes. You're in the shoes of the dudes walking up to the door. You're the ones who were made clean. And because of that, for us, for us to, be, to have been made clean by God, to have been made clean by the sacrifice of Jesus, and then turn and treat people like they're unclean is heresy. It's, it's not the way God has called us to live. Look at the world like Jesus looks at the world. Look at the world and say, this people are loved by God. Which people? All people. And it is my, we are called in the name of Jesus to love those people like God loves those people. To, call, to, to, to interact with them like God has interacted with them. God, God wants us to go into the world and share the good news that Jesus is alive because that is life-changing stuff. And if our reasoning for doing that is because, well, I don't want to upset the order, well, then you're just, you're, you have sanctified, you have made holy your routine. And your routine doesn't come with resurrection. Your routine doesn't promise redemption. Your routine doesn't have a king who is holy, and committed to you. Because your routine's king is the one you look in the mirror at every day. This is a new way to live, this church stuff. This is a new way to live, this Christianity stuff. It's a new way to look at the world. Your baptism didn't just change you. It changed how you looked at everyone who's not you. It didn't just change how the world perceives you. It changes how you perceive the world. And it, if your salvation can do that, then there must be some power behind it. If you've never experienced that life-changing, life-altering situation you've never experienced that salvation well then today is the day you shift like we talked about last week this is a start to a journey it's not going to change you overnight but it'll change you over your lifetime come to the only one who can make you clean and allow God to change the way, not just you look at yourself, but the way you look at others. I don't know if this is a word. Desanctify your routine. And exalt the one who truly is worth worshiping. In the name of Jesus, come forward today as we stand and as we sing.